Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now, in her opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler. Hi, guys. Welcome back to My Opinion and another episode of Maya's Motivation Monday. I have a really interesting and cool guest here today from the nonprofit world, which you guys know I am so interested in and work closely with, and it's near and dear to my heart. Let's welcome Tanya Weaver to the show today. Tanya, welcome to My Opinion. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Maya. I appreciate it. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here today. So Tanya is the executive director for the American Foundation for Children with AIDS. I wanted to make sure I got all of that in there. Wow, what a job you have. (laughs) And I also want to congratulate Tanya because she has been there for 17 years and just hit that anniversary on March 17th. So congratulations. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's been an honor for sure. Yeah. So we have a lot to talk about today, a lot to unpack and talk about the foundation and talk about your journey. But the first thing we were chatting before um, we got on, my listeners know I like to chat before with my guests and connect, and that's how you guys come on. But we were talking about a really cool initiative and something that you do because you're global. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about this first, Tanya. This is exciting. It is your two-week vacation that you do, and it's called Vacation with a Purpose. Tell us about this. I'm excited. I want to go. So tell us a little bit about this first, Tanya, and then we'll get into the foundation and you. Cool. Yeah, Vacation with a Purpose is really where we ask people to go with us to Africa, to one of the programs where we work with children, and volunteer their vacation time. But then at the end, we do a little safari or do something that is truly African. But the two weeks really are about just donating our time, working side by side with people in the community, serving the children, whether in orphanages or hospitals or schools, you know, depending on the skill set of the volunteers who go. And I just want to, you know, say anybody who wants to come along just needs to reach out with to me and I'll interview them, make sure that we're a good fit. Uh, don't want people to think that they're going to club med, but I also don't think that they're going to the slums. I want to make sure that they're comfortable with what they're doing, that they know where they're going, get them prepared. And then they come with us for two weeks. So I am taking two teams this year. I'm taking them both to Zimbabwe. I still have space on the July team, which is July 10 through July 24. We also have a team going to Kenya this year, but that one's already full. So right now we have space on the July team. So if anybody wants to go, this is the time to contact me. Oh my God, you're on the podcast at the perfect time for this. So thank you for answering my questions already. I was going to say who, what, when, where, why. Okay, perfect. And so, okay, so Kenya's out, Zimbabwe is in still for July. So Mm -hmm. what is the deadline for, for the ladies that are listening? And if we have some guys, I guess, or is it just a ladies trip? No, no, no. It's anybody who wants to go. And actually we're one of the few organizations that also takes families. So, um, 
and we have children, you know, come along and be part of this. Then that way they learn about the world and learn that children are children anywhere they go. And they can play, have fun at the same time, help us a bit. They can paint, they can read to little children. My son is an excellent carrier of babies. So yeah, we, we enjoy having people of all walks of life to come with us. We have an 80-year-old that comes regularly to teach sewing. So yeah. Anybody who has a heart to be with others and to serve can come. The deadline, uh, right now we are already at the end of March, incredible. So I would say that by the end of April, we really need to have the commitments from people so that we can get everything organized on our side. This is perfect because that's when this podcast will probably come out right at that time. So that is perfect timing. Okay, so when you guys are listening, you can check out the link. We'll include it all in here and you can uh, sign up for this two-week um, vacation with a purpose. And before we jump from this, Tanya, and we dive a little bit more into your story and your journey in 17 years with this incredible organization, can we give them just a little bit of an overview of what those two weeks look like? I know we do, like sure. you're saying, you do like a fun, you know, like safari at the end. And it's, it's an experience and there's a lot to give back, but what are you doing during that time? It sounds like you're giving a lot back to the children, spending time with the community there, but I'd love to hear it from your perspective because you've done this. Sure. Well, what we want is for people to actually see where dollars go. So a lot of organizations collect money and then people are like, well, where did it go? It's like a black hole. I never heard back. Mm -hmm. So we always want people to come with us and to actually Talk to the kids, talk to the caregivers, talk to everybody and ask, did AFCA do what they said that they were going to do? Like, show us the greenhouses that they said they built. Show us the orphanage. Show us the clinics that they built. You know, like, really get into it and see that what we do is real and then meet the people that we affect. But at the same time, we want to give them like a hands-on type of experience so people can help harvest, uh, pick fruits, uh, work in the gardens, market things, teach the kids there, the older ones that are learning skills. How do you budget? How do you plan? Uh, maybe cooking lessons. In one orphanage, we're going to be painting one of the dorm rooms for the kids and brightening it up and putting in new carpet. And we did it last year and it was fabulous. So they've asked us to come back and to do all the different rooms. We'll be spending four days at a farm that hosts a bee project of ours um, and that also hosts a goat project and we're going to help them with those so we'll be visiting some of our families making sure that they're okay making sure that their animals are fine that the children are going to school if we have any seamstresses along they can help teach some of the community women how to sew because we support those projects too and then the one day we will be working at a another farm that hosts another goat project wow. and we will be working at their gardens and whatever they need we felled trees for them anything and everything they need we just want to be of service wow yeah and then at the end we'll go to victoria falls one of the seven wonders of the world to the falls and then we'll do a safari a safari drive to go see some elephants and giraffes and such so it's an amazing experience. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is really cool. And it sounds like, again, it's like so cool because you can come as a family, you can come by yourself, but you can give back so much because there's so much opportunity. Like whatever you're talented in, you can really Correct. give back to the community. So thanks for giving a little more feedback about what that two-week, that's an action-packed 
two weeks, right? Yeah. Vacation with yeah. a purpose, but like, wow, what a reward at the end, right? You've given mm-hmm. back. You really see if you're a part of this community and you're giving your dollars and you're if giving your time, you can see where it's going. And then you get to have this beautiful experience at the end. Wow. That's really Absolutely. cool. Thanks for sharing, Tanya. So yeah, you're welcome. let's get into your 17 years. This is a, quite an achievement um, being with such an amazing organization for 17 years. So let's go back 17 years. How did you start at this organization 17 years ago? You're already laughing, so it's a story I can tell. <laughs> I'm laughing because 17 years ago, I was pregnant in Afghanistan. Wow. Um, <laughs> people always go, huh? So I was working with my husband there. We were helping with the rebuilding process um, with another organization and got pregnant. And it was not a post for families with children. So we literally had a map out. We took out a map and we were looking at it going, where's this kid going to be born? We're like, okay, well, maybe Sudan. They were like, no, not Sudan. They're in full out war. Okay, well, maybe we'll go. And so we're just like looking at the map saying, where do we have this child to be born where we could use our skills? So we said, how about we just have her born in Switzerland? Then she can have uh, citizenship there and maybe it will help her in her life. Like we were just staring at this map, not knowing, and the phone rang, and this is in Kabul, so the phone didn't ever ring, and um, it was a friend from before I had worked with her when we worked with Habitat for Humanity in Eastern Europe, and so she calls up, and she goes, hey, what are you going to do when this baby's born, and we're like, I don't know, we're looking at this map, and so she was part of a group of three that had formed this organization and they were on the board of directors and they had done the incorporation and all that, but they needed a director to actually start providing uh, free medicine for children who were dying of AIDS because there was really nothing happening out there. So I said, well, where's it going to be based out of? And she said, wherever you have the baby, it'll be in your house. And as we're speaking, Maya, we're in my bedroom and it's been like this 17 years, either my kitchen when my dad was dying and it was downstairs in the living room so I could be next to him. Now it's in the bedroom. And so I said, all right, so there's that answer. And I said, you know, um, when do you want me to start? And she said, as soon as you get back home from Afghanistan, let's do it. So that's how it started. And I said, yes, of course. Who asks a pregnant woman if she wants to save some babies? I said, of course, I would do anything for my own. So that's, that's how it started. Way to tug at those heartstrings, right? She like knew where to hit you right then. (laughs) Of course. Oh my goodness. Yes. And that baby was born two months later and here we are. Where did you end up having the baby? Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We we looked around the the world. Yeah. Yeah. We looked around the world and finally said, you know what? Grandparents are on this side of Harrisburg. Grandparents are on this side of Harrisburg. We'd never lived in Harrisburg, but we said, let's do it. And that way the baby can be part of everybody's lives. So what the baby's almost 17 now. Yeah. (laughs) What a story. Oh my gosh. I was, I was laughing to myself a little bit when you were saying Switzerland, because my father is an immigrant from Switzerland. So I'm Swiss. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. That would have been a really, really interesting story if that had happened too. But this is incredibly interesting as well. So, um, and I know where Harrisburg is as well as I traveled for work for over 10 years doing events. So, all right. So you guys kick this off and you start this as this small team. 
talk me through this evolution as this new newfound leader, new mom. How did yeah. you how did you build? I mean, you built this out of your home with these other yeah. women. So how did this go? How did this work? You know, it's like miracle upon miracle because really, how did I raise a baby and start an organization? It's just I think it's just when you set your mind to something and you don't think about it too much until later on you go, did I sleep? And we started in Kenya and Uganda and there was no team here really other than me. I was the only person. So I called my dad and I said, I need somebody to keep the books for me. Like I can't do everything. And so he's like, okay, I'll volunteer. So he was my very first volunteer and he did the bookkeeping. And then I talked to a friend and I'm like, you know about goats. Can we talk about goats? I need to learn. And it just started kind of building this little team of volunteers that now is a large team of volunteers. And, and at the beginning, it was just medicine until we saw that, you know, children were dying of hunger when there was a famine. And so we had to add food and well, that became its own issue, you know, trying to get food donated and then getting it there. And then we decided we didn't want to be welfare at all. We wanted them to be able to help themselves. And we talked to these orphans and they told us what we need is to learn how to grow our own things and how to be farmers because our parents died. They never passed this on. Yeah. So we started our livestock and livelihood program. And so now that is a large program trying to get um, these children and their elderly caregivers uh, to be able to eat healthfully and to have enough to sell so that they can buy their own medicine. So we've kind of, as the organization has grown, we've grown with them and just trying to change things so that it's actually beneficial. It doesn't become just disaster response. AIDS has been here for a long time. It's no longer disaster response. It is how do we help them live with this healthfully and to be able to take care of themselves? So yeah, it's been an evolution for the organization and for myself, you know, because I have to learn each step of the way, all these different things. I'm an art therapist. I'm not a goat herder gardener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a shift. I know that's what really stuck out for me when you were talking was you're like, I had to learn livestock. And like, as you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, I get why she needed to learn that and learn that because you're teaching these children, okay, I'm orphaned, you know, I'm going through this and I'm and or sick as well. And I need to be able to provide and how you're providing for yourself and for your family and, and maybe siblings or whatever they're having to do is to live off the land and to be able right. to, that's a major source of income in those types of countries. And so, yeah, um, being able to grow and eat and then livestock, those are huge sources of income. So yeah, learning that would have been fascinating, I think. At least for me, I think that's, yeah. I think it's interesting. Yeah. It's been phenomenal. It, it really has. Um, and now we've added programs for women uh, due to COVID because so many markets closed. A lot of women ended up selling themselves in order to be able to eat. Mm -hmm. So we now have a lot of, not a lot, we have women who are in tailoring businesses that we've set up and help train as well as hairdressing. So if a mom is selling herself to be able to make ends meet, yeah, we're just going to make AIDS a bigger problem. So instead, why don't we grab her and give her an opportunity to start a business where she doesn't have to do that and where she can still take care of her children? We also have large greenhouse programs and 
garden programs, community garden, where we hire women who are HIV positive and we tell them work three days a week instead of five or six. And that way you can be a mom because she's a widow. So you can be a mom, but you can earn money to send those kids to school, to buy their medicine, to make sure that they eat well. Have you thought about starting a podcast, but the only thing that's holding you back is finding that perfect co-host to launch that podcast with? We understand that challenge here at findacohost.com. And that's exactly why we launched our white glove service to help you find your perfect match at findacohost.com. Right now, we are in our beta mode and we're helping podcasters or future podcasters just like you find your perfect match. Visit us at findacohost.com and use our complimentary code VIP100 to test out our service right now and find your perfect match and start podcasting today. It's really beautiful. And I love what you said about, you know, when things happen with COVID, right? And then it's, yeah, the, uh, I mean, this could be a whole episode, honestly, Tanya, about, you know, women and the exploitation and, and the increase in that. 100%. Yeah, it could be a whole episode. And I love that you, it's so interesting because all the women that come on the podcast here talk about how they've pivoted in different ways. If they're a nonprofit, if they're a for-profit business, author, whatever it is, a lot of lot of authors come on and they're like, I wrote my next book during COVID, right? I mean, because so much change and innovation had to happen during COVID. And nonprofit organizations are no different if anything, really had to pivot a lot because of situations like the one you're talking about right now. And I think it's really important that, you know, us being the leadership podcast for women, we talk about this and we talk about empowering women to be independent and helping them and lifting them up. And, you know, the exploitation issue, oh, it, it, it we went backwards in time in COVID. We really did. Oh, absolutely. World Health Organization has said that we've gone back to 2008 when it comes to AIDS. And hunger is worse right now than it has been in decades. I mean, that's that's a crazy like number to think about. You know, we're in 2022 and we went back to 2008 for AIDS. Like hunger is yeah it's it's a terrible it's out of control out of control i work with a, a, a nonprofits as i told you and there's one in particular that i work with that focuses on just just that just feeding you know families around the world but women really exploitation of women so i'm really connecting to this topic with you and you know it's they were just like booming over the past two years in like the pressure of of trying to pick this up and pivoting and their focus you know and it's exhausting it's a, it is, but it's such a beautiful thing what they're doing, you know, and trying to to close that gap and and you know make make it not 2008 levels and come back and push it forward. But there's so much work to do, and I think it's important, especially us as women, know that this is going on because we're able to empathize and put ourselves in those shoes and think, oh my God, what if I had to go sell myself right. and, and, and do this just for my family to survive? We right. can actually 
think about that because we're women, right? And we would do anything for our children, our family, ourselves to survive. And literally I can say that to you right now. And Tanya, that I feel the pain inside of myself. So I can't imagine how these women feel, right? And then, you know, yeah. you're you're in an organization that is helping children with AIDS. So there's so many layers here. And I just, again, I commend you. The work you're doing is, is really beautiful. And giving someone, it's that simple saying, right? You know, you can give someone a fish and they eat for a day, but you guys are really giving them the fishing pole and you're giving them the, the manual as well, right? And you're giving them some fish too to eat a little bit while they're learning, which I think is- Quite really literally. Yes. Quite literally, because we give, let's say our goat program, we give three pregnant goats after they've it. been trained. So they, we train the people, then we give them three pregnant goats. Um, they also get a solar lamp. They get a water filter. So they stop going to the hospital for ridiculous stomach issues that really are all waterborne. And they get three years of follow-up. Wow. And they may not sell, barter, or give away those animals. They grow the animals. They can drink the milk. They grow the animals and grow the herd, and they can eat anything they want from their gardens. And we give them a lot of seeds, not like little. They have big gardens that they can start selling. I've had women come up to me and say, Tanya, you gave me five chickens and a rooster. After the year was up, I went up and I got myself a goat because I traded up. Now my children live in an actual house that I built. Wow. She was given rabbits and here now she lives in a house. She built a second little house and she's now renting it as a clinic in the village. I love this. I have women tell me because of your goats, my children actually went to college. You're going to make me Goat. cry, Tanya. Cry. <laughs> and it's just so, so cool. Beautiful because it's like, it's so much more than just helping the children with AIDS, right? And helping these Correct. individuals with AIDS. You're creating an economy. You're creating entrepreneurship. You're creating self-sustaining women and communities. Like this is really incredible. And this is, you know, it's sad that these people don't have these skills and they don't have people to mentor them. But I think it's so inspiring that there are people out there like you, Tanya, that are doing this. And I, for those of you that are listening to the episode, you can do this too. Like I'm Absolutely. like, I'm, so, I'm going to pitch this. I'm going to do a little pitch <laughs> for a second because they can go on vacation with a purpose. Like this is so like rewarding. Like it fills my heart just to hear you talk about this. So what is, do you, I'm sure you have this, like, what is the success rate? I can't even imagine it being anything but a hundred percent. I mean, when you set these women up for success like this, I mean, they move forward. Every one of them. I can't even imagine it being anything but 100%. Right. Right. Maya, you know what's the best part of it? At the end of three years, they have to give three goats to another family that's trained and ready to go. And you watch these kids. Like some are, the, the criteria is either the family is raised by children or a grandparent raising orphans. Sure. All because of AIDS. And when you watch these kids with three pregnant goats that now they're giving to another family. It is a 100% shift because their three years are gone. They now are on their own. They know what they're doing. They've been mentored for the three years, but now they're the giver. And there's something so beautiful with dignity. Yeah. There's something so incredibly beautiful when you see a family give to another trained family and they're like, if you need anything, I'm here to help you. I did this. 
incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm connecting with what you're saying too, about the dignity too, because, you know, they're at, uh, they're at a low point, you know, when they're starting out. Right. I mean, this is, I can't even imagine the, the things you've seen and, you know, then you're giving them these tools and three years later, it's like, you know, I'm, yes, I'm, they I'm, walk differently. Shoulders up, guys, because you can't see me. But like, they're I'm sure they're walking over there going and it's not egotistical. It's it's no. it's a crowd. They're happy to help. Right. I can imagine this. I'm like totally feeling this energy from you. And I and they're like, I'm proud to be able to do this now and and guide other people. And yeah this is this is so cool like how this is flowing and happening and that you're allowing other people to come be a part of it and mm-hmm. and contribute and help as well and i think the fact that you know this started with the livestock and you know the land so important because you're playing to what goes on in these countries right zimbabwe right. kenya things like that i didn't mention this to you tanya but actually my father lives in africa so that's another oh, where question. does he live yeah, he uh, lives in Mozambique. He lives nice. out, he, he has two different residences. So he lives in Mapucho and then he also has a residence on the beach. So he moved there a long, long time ago, like 17 years ago. But um, but he has traveled to many of these countries, very impoverished, you know, com- countries, impoverished countries. And he does uh, security software and he's an engineer and has his own company, which is probably where I got my entrepreneurial spirit from and why this excites me so much. But I've he's told me a, a lot about these countries and he's been to, he's been to Kenya, he's been to Ghana, he's been to Rwanda, he's been to a lot of these places. And it's, it's a lot to hear those things right from him. Mm-hmm. And so to hear this side of the story from you, it's just, it's beautiful. It's really heartwarming. So I want to ask you this because we're talking about all this stuff, and I love what you shared too about the, about, about the women becoming hairdressers and seamstresses yeah. and like they're doing you know, things that they could be passionate about because maybe not everybody wants to do livestock, right? So that's so cool exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Not everybody's cut out for that. Right. I wouldn't be. So, you know, just throwing that out there. I'm uh, intrigued by it, but, you know, I probably would be the one who I'm into fashion. So I'd probably be the one wanting to sew. So that's just me. And then, <laughs> and then I'd start my hustle, you know, so I'd be like into that. I'd be like, teach me everything. But I want to ask you this though. How do you guys, cause there's just so much going on right around the world with this, the exploitation AIDS is still such a big problem. Like you said, we're back. I didn't know that stat. So I, I love learning from my guests. Uh, we're back to 2008. So how do you identify these families? How do you find them? Like, how does this all work? I'm so fascinated yeah. by that. Yeah. Yeah. So in Congo, we actually do have staff. We have supervisor in each, and they are now looking for a total of 68 new families that we're going to be working with this year. They have to go visit them. They have to make sure that um, they do qualify. So it can't be just based on poverty. Otherwise, we would never, ever, ever finish our job. Yeah. Um, it's hard enough with AIDS. So they have to go visit and they have to talk to them and they ha- they visit schools and they go to visit clinics and they talk to the chief of the village and they talk to the religious leaders. And it's a lot of work to make sure that these people do qualify. We do the same in Zimbabwe. One of the shepherds has been visiting the different families in the community just to make sure who are the ones that qualify and that that they are ready to, to do this because it's a big commitment. You know, three years is a big commitment. Um, we've never had people just drop off in the middle. Bee project, we're adding bees to families that did really well with their goats. And so, because with that, they're going to have honey. We've been doing trainings um, 
oh, that's one thing that one of our teams will do this summer is building beehives. Oh, cool. Um, How do you catch the bees? How do you take care of your bees? How do you then process the honey? Where do you sell it? So all those things, the families are trained. So we do house-to-house visits practically. Mm -hmm. Um, We do get some names from community leaders, but we always have to make sure that they're not all related, that not everybody is cousins to the leader. Um, So, you know, we have to make sure of those things. And then partners who are hospitals, finages, they find us. Unfortunately, I have to say no because of lack of funding. I yeah. only have so much money, but um, we tend to partner with a group and stick with them. Mm-hmm. We will help you become food sufficient to start, and then we'll help you become self-sustaining so that you no longer need external help. So we yeah. do that um, in different ways. So we have few partners, but they're long-term and we've walked beside them which I think is so powerful. I mean, because I think, you know, I, again, I encourage everybody on my podcast and on my social media, this is why I'm so involved with nonprofits. I think donating and supporting is great, but just like we talked about earlier, you know, giving them fish is wonderful, but that's, that's one meal or that's one week. You know, what do you do next? How do we empower people to, how do we really make change in this world? And how do we Mm -hmm. empower people to improve their lives, right? And create these communities and ecosystems that are Mm self-supporting. And that's what you guys are doing. And I had no idea that it went this far. So I'm just really enjoying this conversation. And I think it's important. I would just say this is a blanket statement. I think it's important when, and for my listeners too here, and this is my my opinion, um, when you're looking to donate or give back, right, to a nonprofit, Tanya, and I love your opinion on this, I think it's important you do your research because you want to know where your money's going, like you said earlier, right? But also understand how they're supporting, right? Like, are you giving people tools to help, right? You know, giving medicine for AIDS, like you said, is huge. And I am all about supporting that all day long. But what do they do? Okay. They have the medicine. They're, they're doing well. Now, how do they support themselves? Right? So knowing that, like, I would be more inclined to support an organization that does that versus an organization. that's like, well, we give them the medicine and we hope for the best. Well, which one are you going to support? Right? So really, if you're passionate about something, look into the organization and see what they're really doing to create community and ecosystem and to really carry those individuals into a successful future. But that's my opinion. I'd love to hear your take on that. A hundred percent. I And there's so many watchdogs out there that you, you can, you know, go to and see, but numbers on our 990, which is what we have to file as a nonprofit is not everything, you know, ask the people, ask the partners that they have listed on the website. Are these people doing this? Um, Sadly, I've heard of some organizations that count children, but really are not maybe working directly with them. Um, Or there's organizations that are doing a phenomenal job. Um, You know, so there's different, out there, but not everybody is doing what they say they're going to do, unfortunately. So do your homework, look at the watchdogs, look at the 990s, look at GuideStar, look at Charity Navigator, but call the organization, say, hey, what percentage do you actually give straight to the kids? But also understand that we do have a cost to having the lights on, you know? Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, well, if you're not giving 100%, I'm like, hmm. 
how do I pay my staff? Well, I how have to I have my lights on too. Like you got to remember that guys. Okay. That's a whole exactly. Thing. But people <laughs> tend yeah. to either go one end and not check yeah. or go the other end and say, you spent a hundred dollars on an ad. And I'm like, we get in trouble if we spend and we get in trouble if we don't. It's, so I, you're right. It's so extreme. That's what I found being so closely knit to nonprofits. And I hear that from all my executive directors, like Tanya, you are preaching. I'm sure when they listen to this, they're going to be like, oh my God, I feel her pain because yeah, it's like a hundred dollars on the ad. Yeah. Because we want to help more, more kids. Like we want to help more families. Like, of course. Yes. And then there's the ones that just don't do any research and they're like, when they find out that they may be donated to the wrong organization. And I think everybody goes in as a nonprofit with the right intention. I just think sometimes they get a little too big or a little bit away from it. And then they get some people in there that maybe are just there for the paycheck. And that's not the right thing. Like if you're there Correct. for the paycheck, you are not nonprofit material. Like I, that's just, again, another dropping my opinion here because that's just how it is. But you you still like you're doing a lot of work you're doing hard work you earn a paycheck with that too yes. a nonprofit is the, the purpose of it is to help the mission and to help the people that you're trying to help or animals or whatever you're helping mm -hmm. right the ecosystem the planet whatever so you're absolutely right like there's really no middle ground it's either way they're going to tear you apart they're gonna be like you spent five dollars on that why or why <laughs> or you're over here like, yeah 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 exactly there there's a great ted talk a few years ago about you know exactly this how is it that a big company can spend two million dollars on an ad pepsi or coca-cola one of the big guys and nobody cares. They're just doing the ad to bring in more revenue. That's what that is. But if a nonprofit spends, God forbid, a thousand bucks on something, yes. <laughs> so it's exhausting, but it's one or the other. So I always tell people, just research us, find out, ask people, ask who our partners are. If we are taking you to Africa and telling you, come and work with us, it means we have nothing to hide. You know, yes. go without me, go visit. Like I have nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think we have to do our, our homework and at the same time, understand that we are people and there there are expenses so, to run an organization like this. I'm happy to say 94% of everything we raise goes straight to our kids. That's a high yes. percentage, Tanya, wow. It is. That's a very high percentage. Again, myself, you know, being involved in nonprofits and you doing this for 17 years, probably know more than me, of course, know that 94% is exceptionally high. So congratulations. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So it is really going to the kids and the families, guys. Just, just throwing that out there. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so blown away by you. That's so cool. So Tanya, kind of tell us like, what's the future? What's the future looking like? What are you guys going towards? I mean, you've got the bee program. So uh, beekeepers, if you want to go on this trip, hey, this might be the trip for you because- Dude, this is a trip. Yeah. This is it. Come yeah. with me. This is it. Do some, do some seminars for our people. Yeah. Absolutely. This is the trip. But beyond, you know, vacation with a purpose and these two trips coming up, where do you see yourself? Are you guys predominantly in Africa or are there other places? Are you expanding? Like, tell me a little bit about the future of, of the foundation and where you're going. So we are in Zimbabwe, uh, Uganda, Kenya, Democratic Republic of Congo and Malawi. This year, exciting, we're building a new multiplication center for goats in Congo. We're setting up three new greenhouses. And when I say greenhouses, they're massive. 
So one in each of three orphanages in Zimbabwe. Last year, we built a clinic, a maternity hospital in Kenya. So this year, I hope to send the last of the medical supplies for that. My goal would be to be able to do more, you know, and to, to be able to help more children and to get more people involved. COVID really put a huge clamp on things with all the travel restrictions for teams and stuff. So sure. we're hoping to get people back engaged and to have more folks going and being part of this and more folks here in the States also, because we have volunteers that sew diapers and that sew blankets and they ship them to us or people who come to our warehouse and help us package things and get things ready. So I want more of that. I want people not to forget that AIDS is still a problem. I don't want them to forget Africa. People get tired, you know, and there's so much hurt in the world today. I, I don't want them to forget Africa. Yeah. yeah, there's, the, I, I mean, yeah, we're at war. I mean, there's a, there's a new issue now, right? So it's like, you know, I mean, it's not new, new, but it's, it's, it's exploded, no pun in that, right? So it's, yeah. it's really a lot. So there's still a lot to do. And I'm just so stuck on that stat of going back to 2008. Like we yeah. cannot keep going back with things, right? Like we're back with, back with AIDS, we're back with hunger. We're back with women's progress in the workplace. Like guys, we got to make up for a lot of like with COVID, right? So we got to make up for a lot of things here. And so we all need to come together. Where is your warehouse, um, Tanya? I'm in in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Okay. So close, close. Okay. Yeah. So right now we're looking for a new one. We need to, we need a bigger one. Okay. So shout out. Oh, and another thing, you know, if any women listening to this know of folks in this area, South Central PA that have hospital beds that they're like, what do I do with this? call us. We have a volunteer that will pick them up and we clean things up. We send them to hospitals in Africa or medical supplies, school supplies. There's lists on our website of things that we accept and then we repurpose. That's amazing. Yeah. We'll include all of that. I love that. You're such a leader, Tanya. This is incredible. I, yeah, I mean, helping more people, I, we all want that, right? Like, and I hope that that happens for you. So I hope more people get involved. I do think that you're going to have some great trips coming up though, because I think people are feeling more comfortable. I think yes, they're feeling more comfortable traveling to Africa. Definitely. Because, you know, the vaccinations, the boosters, all of that, like, it's kind of like a a non-issue at this point. And I think people are ready to go. They're ready to get out. They're yep. ready to help. They're ready to give back. So I think it's going to be a really good summer for you. And I'm excited. I Hopefully hope we so. get some people to sign up. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yes. So I want to kind of wind this down. We're going to tell people where to go, where to sign up, where to find you and how to give back if they aren't able to travel. Cause you know, we know everyone can't take two weeks off to go to Africa. I wish I could take a lot of time off and, and help, but tell me a little bit about what you think you know, your moment was and when you stepped into your leadership, I think you already told us, I think it was when you really accepted this role and you were about to give birth to your first child. But was that your moment? Because that's kind of our tag phrase here, in my opinion, like stepping into your leadership and owning that moment. Would you say that was your moment when you really stepped into your personal leadership? Hmm. No. I think my moment was when I was actually 17 years old. Awesome. I went back to Colombia where my parents were missionaries. And my dad said, hey, kid, can you go help translate at, at the orphanage? I had He had been directors of an orphanage, him and my mom. And so he said, could you go help translate? There's an American guy who, need, who was doing a project 
I went with this guy who I'd never met. I was 17. And when I walked into the orphanage, a director said, oh my gosh, are you Henry's daughter? And I said, yes. And he goes, I haven't had vacation for three years. Can you take over? And he left. And I was left with 35 children and a guy who did not speak Spanish. And I had to not only translate all day, we had to go buy food and feed these children. I didn't even have a license. So we ha- I took the tractor and oh rode God. down the mountain 45 minutes to get food to bring it back. I- I even know how to cook rice for 37 people. So no, that I think is when I, when I survived those two weeks and I called my dad and I said, dad, I need money. Like I need to buy food for these kids. He Western union, some money to me. And he said, I know you can do this. You can, you call me if you can't, but I think you can do it. And when I walked out of there about, I think it was 10 days later and we all had survived. I, I remember thinking to myself, dang, I can do anything. And that was my moment. That is your moment. Oh my God. I'm so glad I asked you that because (laughs) I had never thought about that. That's amazing. Don't you love that question? That's why I asked that. That's why I had never heard that. Nobody's ever asked me for my moment. (laughs) That's why we asked that question. And that's why the podcast has kind of evolved into that because I think it's really important that women hear that from each woman that comes on this podcast because I want them to think about their moment, right? And it's really important. And I think that we have multiple moments in our life, but we never forget that significant moment. We might not just think about it every day. And that is an incredible moment that you had. And walking out of that thinking, yeah, I think I can do anything now. That is stepping into your personal leadership. And what I find so fascinating about that story, Tanya, is look what you do now for 17 years helping right yeah no this is direct result of my parents they said you did this to me you created this (laughs) like my sister works with um special needs kids here in the states and they created that too Mm -hmm. you know it's it's their legacy you know that they just kind of passed on you know service so how we did it it's different to each other but it's definitely their fault. So I'm like, guys, don't, can't get upset. This is you. Yeah. (laughs) And they never were upset. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think I'm, I'm sure they're so proud of you. I think it's beautiful. And, but you know, what's fascinating is every woman that comes on the show has some link early in her life to where she ends up in stepping into her true leadership and purpose. And there's a link. There's always a link. That's why I asked that question. And I'm like, well, look at where you are now. And your story is incredible. I love that. So one last question for you. And then we're going to talk about where to find you. What advice would you give to the incredible women and some guys too that listen, uh, listening to the podcast about stepping into their leadership? If they feel like they haven't had that moment yet, what would, what leadership advice would you give? Don't be afraid. And the worst thing that anybody can say is no, I hear no. 17 billion times when I go, can you donate $10, please? No. Can you donate a thousand? No. Do you want to go to Africa? No. Can you donate medicine for children? No. I hear it day in and day out. So what? Keep asking. Somebody's going to say yes. And if the worst that you can hear is no, what's the big deal? So yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to follow what you think you need to do. In reality, I have no business working with children with AIDS in Africa. 
I'm an art therapist. I'm a mom of two. I live in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm just a little girl who had a big dream of helping somebody else. And there we are. So can't do it alone. So also surround yourselves by people who can carry you when you are weak and that you carry them when they can't and work together. Find yourself a good team. Don't be afraid. That would be my advice. I love it. No, that's great advice. That is great advice because we hold ourselves back way too much. It's another episode for another day, right? We hold ourselves way, way back with fear. And I love that. What's the worst that can happen? They say, no, who cares? Whatever. And definitely surround yourself with great people. Yeah. Love that advice. I love it. Okay. Yeah. You definitely weren't afraid at 17 and that catapulted you into your 17 years of a rock star. Oh my gosh. All right, Tanya, where can they find you? Where can they donate? Where can they look into this vacation with a purpose? Tell us all, all the deets and I'll also put it in the show notes. Sure. So our website is a F C A I D S dot O R G and that same a F C AIDS dot org. Um, you'll put it in Facebook. So facebook.com uh, backslash AFC AIDS, Twitter, Instagram, all the same AFC AIDS. And then my email address is tweaver at afcaids.org. So you can find me there. Um, I'm always happy to chat with people. I love a cup of coffee. And so I'm happy to sit down with folks who have questions and have a cup of coffee. Love it. Coffee and a chat with Tanya. All right, perfect. Well, Tanya, your story is incredible. I love this. I love everything that you're doing. I hope some people come on the vacation with a purpose with you and you have an amazing summer uh, helping all these incredible families. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Maya. Maybe you will travel with me one day. Who knows? I, I hope From so. Zimbabwe to Mozambique is not far. I hope so. We're, we're actually planning to go in 2023, my husband and I. So you and I need to talk offline. It is literally borders I know. one to the other. So. I know. My brain was going like this. <laughs> talking, so we'll talk offline about that. Tanya, thank you so much. This has been thank awesome. You having me. Yes. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. And thank you guys so much for listening to my opinion. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.